Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Chris Evans here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's podcast of The Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up this week, the fantastic Fern Cotton talks reinventing her Happy Place Festival online. Robert Webb of Peep Show fame tells us all about his brand new Come Again audiobook voiced by none other than Academy Award winning Olivia Coleman. HRH, the Duchess of Cornwall, shares the winning stories from this year's 500 Words final. And super sophisticated comedian Tom Allen discusses the current series of Channel 4's Bake Off, The Professional and how it's been such light relief during lockdown. All of that plus so much more coming up. Vassos, who's the first guest? Our next guest made her name on Kids TV, brought us up on the radio and never stops inspiring us with her books, podcasts and on-stage presence. Please welcome to Virgin Radio. It's our very own, now virtual, happy place, the wonderful Fern Cotton. Hey, what an intro. If only we had the guest. She's dropped off. Oh. So Fern's um, festival, the Happy Place Festival, took place for the first time last year. Uh, she had two festivals. She had one down south and one up north, uh, one in Cheshire at Tatton Park and one in Chiswick. And um, this year, for obvious reasons, it's gone virtual and it's going to last a whole month and it's free to um, attend virtually. And she's got her pals like Gary Barlow and Craig David and Keith Lemon and Gokwan and Emma Willis and Clara Ampho and Reggie Ace. And she can tell us more because it's not my festival, it's hers. And she's on the line. Good morning now, Fern. Morning. Hurrah. How are I'm you? Here. you okay? I'm really good. I can hear you perfectly. My my um my broadband is absolutely A-OK this end, I think. All right, but it's a two-way street, Fern. That's not how it works. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Anyway, I'm here now. I can it's, hear you. It's not your fault. All right, so <laughs> so you've, you've turned your festival vir- festival virtual. Uh, good, yes. good decision, big decision. When did you make it? How did you make it? Well, it was a tricky one because, obviously, we were kind of holding out to see what was going on yeah. with um, the strangeness of this year. And then it kind of became quite apparent that this was, you know, we were, we were in this strangeness for the long run. So we sort of made the bold move to cancel all the venues that we'd booked, mm-hmm. but hold off on telling the talent because we had this inkling that it could work in another way. So then we got to work on sort of looking um, at if it could work digitally. And the more kind of research we did on it and the more we had a sort of a big think about what we could do we thought actually I think we're onto something here you know everybody's on their screens a lot more but Mm -hmm. everybody feels very disconnected so the festival is essentially sort of bringing all of the content we'd planned to life but online and hopefully we'll also bring that sense of community and connection that we've been missing from not being able to go to you know a fitness class a yoga class meeting up with friends going to a festival this summer so we're really hoping that people enjoy it. It's it's for a month. There's a new, fresh schedule every day for a month from the 12th of June. And it's completely free. So you just head to the website, which is happyplacefestival.com. And you can roam around the site and subscribe to any classes that are coming up in the month. And, and listen to talks, do yoga, meditation, gong baths, arts and crafts, cookery, 
There's all sorts of things going on that you can take part in. Stunning. I mean, to, you know, to, to start a festival anyway, uh, you did that last year, that, you know, that's no mean task. And the things mm-hmm. you learn from doing your first ones are, you know, well, e- exponential uh, and infinite. And then you, you get geared up for your second year and then you can't do it. And then you think, what the heck, let's have a 28-day festival online. And, and that, I mean, you know, the programmes you've, you've got uh, lined up, you know, that, that also seems like another mountain. So who, who helped you get to the top of this one? Well, as you say, you know, it's a complete team effort. We, we've all had sort of like lots of ideas that we needed to collate and condense and, and really kind of work out the best way of doing things. And I've got a, a brilliant team who work on Happy Place all year round, whether it be the podcast, the festival, mm-hmm. the charity initiatives that we're running. And it's been a huge team effort of about 15 people to help me get it off the ground. And also a lot of texting friends like Craig David and Gary Barlow and Bryony Gordon and Clara Ampho to say, look, would you be up for doing a Zoom chat or a Zoom session or whatever? So everybody's managed to make it work in their free time. And, you know, it has been a lot of work and slightly stressful at times, but I'm I'm really happy with what we've put together. And, and I'm feeling excited now. Like the stress is dissipating a little yep. and I'm starting to feel excited about Which it. Which is exactly like a festival. You know, I, I, we talked about yeah. this before. You know, I, I was taught this by... Um, by uh, the the guys from Glastonbury, you know what you do is you, you you work night and day to set your festival up. But the second people start to come through the turnstiles, you you have to let it go. You have to let let it yeah, let yeah. you know let it do whatever it's going to do. And you're at that point virtually now. Interesting. Now here's my next oh. question. Can you guess what my next question might be, Fern? Uh, no, because I know how your brain works. <laughs> it can go off many directions and tangents that are unexpected. Fern, here's my question: What if your 28 day virtual festival? What if it explodes? beyond any kind of um, uh, recognition and you, you can't you can't put it back in the box and this is the way forward what if the vir- what if the virtual festival the 28 day virtual festival in the summer for everyone to access at home is the thing what about that well I think there have been so many pluses from lockdown that we've managed to kind of take away and I think one of them is that people are enjoying working from home doing workouts from home you know, not having to leave the house so much to, you know, travel or go across the city they live in or wherever they Mm -hmm. live. So I hope that that does happen. And I think there are, we could possibly look at next year, you know, doing both and doing the live festival and maybe online. But, you know, this is a big kind of experiment for us. And there's going to be moments that work and moments that don't. So we're going to just sort of sit and watch and see what happens. But I would love it to do well and for people to enjoy it. And, you know, let's just see what happens. It's it's slightly terrifying, but in a good way. No, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be fantastic. I think, you know, again, this is a situation that's been forced upon us, but I think anybody, yeah. who's, anybody who's doing, continuing to do what they did before, but finding out now more than ever, they're doing it because they love it, even if they sort of realise that anyway, will benefit yeah. from this. And I think that, yeah. you know, if you did like a next year, you know, seven days before the the, the, the North North event or seven days before the South event, you go online and, you know, people participate and engage online and then they all come on the fifth day and then everything they've been doing online yeah. comes to life. That would be so exciting. Or the, the first festival up north is is the beginning of the 28 days and the last festival is the, the end of the 28 days and the, 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 the big jam in between the two slices of yeah. goodness. I mean, I, I'm, I couldn't be more excited for you, actually. Uh, there you for, go. Well done. Where do people go again if they want to get involved? 
happyplacefestival.com and it's all free roam around see what classes you like the look of subscribe and get ready to hopefully have a nice month of trying new stuff love it well done fern the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky on virgin radio he's not just one of our most successful comic actors our next guest is now conquering the written word his debut work of fiction come again is coming to your ears via audiobook and he's persuaded an oscar winner to narrate it please welcome the wonderful robert Ware. good morning robert hello hello welcome welcome how are you i'm very well thanks i'm having a morning off from my new job as primary school supply teacher so i'm very excited <laughs> good for you mate all right so there's been a lot of interviews with you around the book um obviously and one would would expect nothing else uh, and a lot of talk via those interviews about your health and your you know you, you, the fact you don't drink anymore um now was the novel a result of um your rehabilitation was it during was it pre all this no i I wrote it. Um, I wrote it while I was poorly, but not knowing that I was poorly. So I, I just about finished it when I had a, a routine uh, cast medical because uh, mm. I was about to start filming back uh, this thing I do with David on Channel Four, and um, the cardiologist, well, the the GP uh, put his stethoscope on my heart and said, mm, "Interesting. What have you been doing about the heart murmur?" And I said, what heart murmur? Yeah. And then uh, a few weeks later, I had to have open heart surgery for a faulty valve um, that had been there forever. Um, so it was, that was lucky. Uh, but no, I wrote the book while uh, I had no idea. And it, it turns out, you know, the, the store is of uh, features a middle-aged man who's got something very wrong with him who then drops dead in the middle of the kitchen. Uh, age, age 47. So I think my subconscious, my imagination was trying to tell me something, yeah, but yeah. Uh, it was a bit too subtle. Do you honestly think that? Because, you know, because I, I believe in all that stuff. I mean, do you really think that or not? I, I, I genuinely think, yeah, that, that, um, that my body knew that there was something wrong Isn't with me. And uh, yeah, I think that's completely, I think that's very likely, yeah. Isn't that interesting? And uh, what does this tell you about the other, other medicals you had before that for similar TV insurance <laughs> and that, the, the professionalism of those doctors? Or, or, you know, the fact they might need to buy some new stethoscopes? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah, I mean, normally you just walk into these deep carpeted rooms in Harley Street and yeah. they ask you to look away and cough and then you're kind of out of there in 10 minutes. So I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I'm glad it, I'm glad it all got noticed. Well, it's all going very well and it's nice to have you with it. Obviously a game changer. You have completely changed your lifestyle since then, even though it's been sorted. You just thought you, you the least you could do is, is, is pay your yeah, body the back. the funny thing is like, I came out of hospital with sort of newfound respect for my internal organs. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, come on, these are my guys. Why am I giving my guys all this work to do? Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, so I've started exercising and I've watched why and I haven't had a drink in, uh, well, when was it? So seven and a half months ago now. And how's that so all going? I, How does that feel? It, it, well, it's difficult to tell because I don't think I've felt normal for years. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I, it feels good, thanks. I, yeah, no, I'm, um, it's quite a big operation, so it takes a while to feel to be sort of back on your feet really uh, but I'm only just starting to it's that sort of late convalescence when yeah. you're just insanely happy about everything because oh, nothing hurts anymore so it's, it's good good for you mate alright so um, you met Olivia and uh, David at Cambridge now um, right, we were just talking to Rachel Rachel went to Cambridge uh, Rachel and, uh, met her husband Alex Horn <laughs> at Cambridge and she was just we were just having this conversation about blues and half blues which I, well, I was I, this is the first time I've ever been party to this knowledge the fact that you get a, you get a full blue if if you're doing certain sports at Cambridge, but a half blue if you're doing table tennis or badminton or tiddlywinks. Did you know about this? 
I didn't know, I, I'm vaguely aware of that. I wasn't very sporty, Chris. I, I, I didn't know many blues or even half blues. But I suppose that would be, you know, tiddlywinks from table tennis was slightly more, <laughs> I don't know, they get, they get to be snotty even about sport there. So, yeah, that was a way of being, having sport snobbery. But were it not for, were it not for going to Cambridge, you wouldn't have met David. And I didn't realise that's where you met Olivia Coleman as well. Yes, she would be the first to say she was at a teaching college, which is sort of next to Cambridge, but was not actually part of Cambridge. But I'm, I'm only saying that because I know that she'd want me to say that. But she, anyway, she totally cheated. And you're not supposed to be in Footlights and do shows if you're not ah. part of the university. But she did anyway because she was so good. No one cared. So, uh, yeah, she's fab. It is Olivia who, who you have, have requested, invited to, to voice your audio book as opposed to, to your good yes. self. Well, because it's um, it's got a female main character, oh, so the story is um, uh, so. So I was just casting around for an actress, and thought might as well get a good one. Right. Uh, she was the cheapest available Oscar winner. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Okay, uh, I don't know what the book's about. I haven't read it. I obviously haven't heard the audio book, otherwise I wouldn't know uh, what you just talked about. We got a little clip here of Olivia doing her thing on your behalf. I mean, I wouldn't have to take all my clothes off, right? Kate adjusted the A4 pad on her lap and carried on sharpening her pencil. No, of course not. Just slip your shirt off if you like. The trouble is, I'm not good enough to draw clothes. That pyjama top would present quite a challenge. She looked up from the pencil and met his mock-insulted gaze. It's a grandad shirt. Ah, oh, yes, of course, Kate smiled. The blue and grey stripy cotton thing with four open buttons at the top that definitely doesn't look like you're wearing pyjamas. Yes, it's possible. He nodded like a barrister. Are you happy with that, Robert? Yes, hello, good. <laughs> With it, did you contemplate giving her, her any notes post the first, um, the first reel? No, she, she did it in her wardrobe. Uh, she, uh, <laughs> it, that is a uh, lockdown-produced uh, audiobook. Really? So I wasn't around to give her notes, even if I'd been invited to, which I wasn't. It's a bit like being a writer on a movie set, apparently, that you, you, know, you just sort of get in the way. And um, Audible just so weren't interested in me <laughs> doing any kind. Because the first time, because uh, I wrote a, a memoir years ago called How Not to Be a Boy, and I did my own audiobook. So that was, you know, I, I had sort of had my actor's hat on, and I was kind of going, who writes this rubbish? Uh, whereas this time, you know, I was the, the, the unknown writer kind of sitting in the corner trying not to um, spill coffee on the machines. Well, well done. I mean, come again. It's, it's received amazing reviews. Uh, is, is the next one written? Is it? Is it? Have you storyboarded it or whatever you do with it? No, I'm finding it quite hard to settle down to anything. What with the massive lethal virus outside the front door, so I'm, I'm just I'm giving myself a few months just to read stuff and to recharge the batteries. Really. All right. Good for you, um, Rob. Thanks so much for being on on the show. Uh, give us a, give us a twelve word pitch for people to buy buy the book or, or and the Come Again audiobook exclusively available on Audible from Thursday the 18th of June. Middle aged widow travels back in time. She's 18 years old again. She remembers everything. This was the week she met her future dead husband for the first time. What okay. do you do? That's... It's a time traveling, right. grief stricken rom com adventure. Okay, 31 words. So that's a, that's a 19 word fine next time we see you. Thank you very much, Robert. <laughs> Cheers. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Pass us over to you with the official intro to our next guest. They've got some of the best bakers in the business, so not a soggy bottom in sight. Bake Off, The Professionals, continues on Channel 4 next Tuesday, and it's hosted like a comedy cherry on a multi-tiered showcase cake by the terrific Tom Allen. Good morning, Mr. Tom Allen. Hello. Good Good morning. 
morning, everybody. How are Very you nice today? To be with you. I am great. I'm slightly disgusted by your talk of making cakes and mousses in a microwave. Well, it's appalling. You may as well just scrape it off the floor. You can um, you can say that, but you see, I had this conversation with Mary Berry. She swears by her microwave. Ha-ha. Well, I don't. I don't <laughs> oh, know about Mary Berry, and I don't think she swears. I can't imagine that she does. Um, no, she did. She wasn't talking about cooking. She just goes by her microwave to swear. Um, swear, effing and jeffing. Tom, I can't imagine that with Mary Berry. When we look yes. you up, the top three video clips come under these um, headlines. Here we go. Uh, video clip number one, Tom Allen reveals why he still lives with his parents. Uh, number two, the politics of hen parties, Tom Allen live. And clip number three, Tom Allen being hilariously out of his depth at Westminster's dot, dot, dot. What was the dot, dot, dot? Oh, that was for the, um, I, I called it Brexit night. You know when people came together in, uh, in Parliament Square? Yes. And I was covering it for the last leg. Right. So I was sat, you can see it, and I'm very out of, I'm very uncomfortable because a lot of people who are very enthusiastic about Brexit start um, haranguing me. Um, haranguing me? Is that shouting yeah, in my ear, yes, basically? That's right. haranguing um, so that was on, live on television. So that was a fun evening for people to watch. Maybe less fun for me to be there. <laughs> um, and people always say to me, oh, it was set up. I bet that was, that was a plant, wasn't it? It was a plant. I go, no, it wasn't. I was stood there with people. And they were very, you know, they were... They were very interesting people. That's to say that. To say that, shall we? In the yeah. interest of being out the When when you we do something like that, and you said it was fun to watch, but interesting to actually be the the centre of. When you're <laughs> yeah. in the car, when in, you're in the car driving home, or however you got home that night, what what do you think? Do you reflect on a, a, a program like that, a, a moment like that, an experience like that? What do you, what were your thoughts going home? Um, oh well, I was pleased to be honest that um, it got a response and that. Um, because I think that's true of any, you know, like you were saying about people engaging with you saying Marmite. It's all kind of like if we listen to the radio or, we, or on television, you know, you want to you want to have moments that people, I, I, you know, feel something about. Yes, and yes. I suppose um, we had a bit of, you know, I've I managed to, I think, make people laugh by kind of, kind of looking very uncomfortable with all these people shouting at me. And I kind of thought, well, there's probably some worth in that, hopefully, that people go, well, actually, you know, if we laugh at our we laugh at these moments that a lot of people felt very strongly around. Maybe it diffuses their it diffuses their power, diffuses their tension, and makes it kind of a, a bit more. Um, I, I, I don't know. Make, makes makes brings out the humanity maybe a little bit. So I was proud of that. I'll say that I was proud of that. But I was also exhausted because the whole thing had been very stressful, and I thought I was going to be uh, dragged dragged across Parliament Square. Um, so so you know, in many ways, it was just a, a, a joyous sense of relief. Really, very. Very, very <laughs> now, different. The you, cake program I pr co-present. We yes. have episode four, uh, the final episode of this year's yes. uh, take of uh, the Bake Off profession. Bake Off the professionals. If you had to entice somebody who's not watched the first three to watch the final episode, how would you do that? Um, Hardworking chefs make elaborate sugar showpieces that smash on the floor. <laughs> 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 they do make these wonderful, wonderful sculptures, and they're so clever, and they're so you know elaborate. Right. And then sometimes they fall on the floor, and it's terrible, and it's terribly sad. But then sometimes, sometimes I do laugh. All right. What's and the what's the best what what's now. the best thing you've had it's as terrible. a result of working on the bake? What's the best thing you've tasted as a result of working um, on the bake? Milfoy, milfoy, oh. which with basically custard and oh. and and crispy pastry with icing on the top. I mean, you can't make it in a microwave, so you might not like it, Chris. I don't know. Well, you, can, don't know. you, you could have a go. You could have a go. Um, you could have a go with, what is it, with a rich tea biscuit and some, uh, and some bird's Are custard. you casting aspersions on my baking prowess? I am doing more than that, I'm afraid, Chris. <laughs> I wouldn't possibly say. From a great height. Um, From a great you, height smashed on the floor, yes. Have you on. ever had tartre pizien? 
Um, no, but I have. Um, a, is that something to do with a trapeze artist? Because no, I might have. From Saint Tropez. Oh no! What do they do in Saint Tropez? What do they have well, there? You you just put it in mind of it with your Milfoy. I think the Mil Milfoy may be the distant cousin or the other way around. But anyway, the point is absolutely gorgeous. They do small ones, big it? ones, have... some as big as your head. Give them a flick, a twist custard. of the wrist. That's what the baker said. Well, I bet. Was it like a custard <laughs> slice? Is that what it is, Chris, or what? No, it's like. It's... What is... It's like it, there's lots of strawberries, lots of um, cream, and then I don't the the trapezium, the secret recipe of it all, the yeah. RX7, yeah. the Coca-Cola mystery of it all, Coca-Cola yeah. mystery of it all, is is whatever is around it. And cinnamon, probably cinnamon. Is it <laughs> cinnamon? Probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah, no, you no, 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 no. You say you yes, you're probably right. right. You go to America, everything tastes of cinnamon. Have you noticed that? Bacon and cinnamon. That's all anything tastes of in America. How's your mum and dad? How are they doing? How's lockdown? They're fine. They're downstairs. You probably heard one of their friends probably phoning. Uh, a moment ago, the land. They're the only people in the whole country who've got, still got a landline. Um, but they're fine. They're fine. They've been watching Frasier downstairs. They love oh, to watch I Frasier. Oh, I love Frasier. I love Frasier. They've watched it in the cycle like eight times. Oh, they love it. And it's great. It's a great program. I'm not saying it's not a great program. Okay. But come on. Move it on to Cheers or something. But then they're fine. Thank you, Chris. And they'll be very glad to hear your good wishes towards them. Have you learned anything in lockdown about yourself? I have actually. Um, I've learned. Well, I've been read. I read a book on codependency, and I've learned a lot about that. I think I'm codependent. There you go. There's something like with your parents. Uh, uh, n well, just with everybody in the world, I'm just constantly searching for approval. Isn't that terrible? I don't, I don't think you could. Relate, you couldn't relate to that. I don't think. But, well, no, um, I think I think show, showbiz. It's quite. It's quite. Um, it's, showbiz is riven with that kind of neediness, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Well, I try. I try to. I try to get more into. Oh, and I've learned I can jog as well. If I do the breathe, if I make sure I breathe, you must make sure you breathe. Otherwise, jogging is a nightmare. Um, but I've done. I've done more exercise than I've ever done before, and I feel great on that. I've juiced, and I've and I've I've got in touch with myself and read a book on mindfulness. Good so I've learned you. a lot. But if and if you haven't done that, then I don't know what you've been. Doing. All right, Tom. Lovely to uh, speak to you, my friend. I'm sure it is. And um, <laughs> thank you very much for letting us plug our show. We hope your, your listeners enjoy us. We're on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock. OK, Tom Allen, Bake Off the Professionals, episode four, channel four, next Tuesday, June 16, 8 p.m. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, so we've heard from some awesome guests already, but there's still so much more good stuff to come. Pop legend Andrew Ridgely leafing through his hit autobiography, Wham! George and Me. The brilliant Brit Belle Powley discussing Judd Apatow's new comedy, which she stars in, The Kings of Staten Island, available now on Sky Store. And Scottish acting powerhouse Ashley Jensen telling us about season three of Sky One's Agatha Raisin. All of that and more still to come, so let's get right back to it. Who's next? If you have laughed in the general direction of a television in the past decade, it's probably something to do with our next guest. She's donning the high heels once more as everyone's favourite PR turned Cotswold's super sleuth for series three of Sky One's smash hit 
Agatha Raisin. Please welcome the awesome Ashley Jensen. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning. Morning, Craig. <laughs> How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. I've got a beautiful sunny day here. Whereabouts are you? Bath, nice. not the bath, nice. but the city of. Nice. Now, we, we've got a bit of sunshine here. They, they said it was going to be cloudy, sunny spells. We're getting the sunny spells here. You're getting them there. Hopefully, other people are getting them everywhere else. Right, so here we go. Agatha Raisin, season three. Come on now. I know, season three, yes. And we were all set to do season four. And then two days before <laughs> we started filming, obviously, like everybody else, it all, it all went a bit pear-shaped. But season three is out tomorrow night, nine o'clock on Sky One, and it promises a whole load of fun. It's, I mean, it's this season, I think, it's actually, it's kind of got sillier and camper in a brilliant way, and it's very unapologetically camp. It's whimsical, and it's just total escapism. It's, it's sunny and silly and fun, and I think it's something that we, we all need right now. OK, there's period costumes in the first ep. Um, there's period costumes. There's a great pub. Uh, there's ghosts, there's ghouls. There's a big manor house and maybe even a castle. Um, and, uh, of course, Agatha, brighter than ever. Now, your outfits... I, I know that I've got your notes here, and I was going to ask you about this anyway, but mm-hmm. uh, it says here that you say, I always enjoy this, it's really silly, but the costume physics. I'm not surprised. I mean, you were like a... You were like a a, a human rainbow all the time. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I can go around with the costume designer and literally my eye can scan a shop and if anything stands out, uh, and that, that's what I'll go for, whether it's textures or, or colours and then I put them all together with the help of the costume designer. It's just, it's such a joy. It's like, the only other time I had that joy was when I was an ugly Betty with Patricia Field, who did <laughs> Sex in the City, and I just thought I was just in my element. It was brilliant. But, it's, but it's, yeah, the costumes are a ball to wear. It's, like, it's, it's, it's quite a bit Austin Powersy sometimes, your wardrobe, isn't it? It, it really... is, it is, absolutely. There's one that's particularly Austin Powers. <laughs> I mean, it's, not, it's like the whole outfit, one, one of them is kind of like an homage to the 70s with a frilly shirt and a velvet suit. Love it. She quite likes a suit. We like a suit because when I'm clambering up walls in my stilettos, it's it's a little, a little more ladylike to be clambering up in a suit than a skirt. She wouldn't do very well undercover, would she, really? Not hugely, no. Not hugely. <laughs> Although we do get to dress up in our battle reenactment outfits in, in the first episode. I oh, know, I love that. That was an amazing day because we actually, they were all reenactors. Were they real, real reenactors, were they? Real reenactors who camped out yeah. and uh, all had their own stalls with their own. There was a guy that had um, uh, medical implements from the from the period <laughs> and they were cooking stews with the herbs and the meats that they would have used during that time it was quite fascinating it's funny because when you're in the pub and you know obviously you're in you're in a pub you're you're you know in period which is now uh, and then over yeah. in the corner are these people in medieval garb and i thought oh hang on a minute are they ghosts should they be there are, you, are they invisible to you but no they were just the local reenactors having a post reenactment yeah, pint reenactment exactly and then to see that. jason barnett who's a ridiculous cop dressed as uh, as a uh, Roundhead was just hilarious. Were you tempted? Did you? Was there a whiff of you catching the reenactment bug? Because you're an actor anyway. I mean, you're halfway there, or they're halfway towards you. Well, I am. I mean, I suppose I could have. I get paid to do it. <laughs> but, um, but I just, I love the passion for all the that, that all these people had for something that they they really enjoyed doing. I don't know. I mean, I think. Maybe, maybe when I retire, I could I could dabble in a bit of reenactment. It was quite fascinating. And tell us about the pub. What the, the the old pub that we were in? Yeah, it looked gorgeous. Oh, do you know the locations are just absolutely delightful. The location manager just they must have a ball. They literally go around all these little villages, oh. and I think they literally <laughs> pick the most 
the oldest, most picturesque, the yeah. ones with the beautiful stonework and the flowers. And, yeah. Because I think this, this goes out in America uh, before it actually goes out in, Engl- mm. in England. So I think that that the the Americans love that charm of England. They want England to look like England, you know, like chocolate box England, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, and your your midsummer is Carsley, isn't it? Carsley in the Cotswolds. It is Carsley, yeah, oh. yeah. Have you ever been to Burford in Oxfordshire? Uh, no, I haven't. You've got to go there. It is. It is. Uh, if any place in the whole of maybe the world could be could be sort of confused for uh, a films that I th- there's no place that that can really exist. Burford is the place. Burford High Street, it is a thing of absolute beauty. Burford in Oxfordshire, yeah. yeah. And, is it, and is it all kind of relatively untouched as well? Yeah, and there's a priory right in the middle of the high street. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And there's a nice hotel. And the pub. Do you remember when you used to be able to go to hotels and pubs and things and shops? Do you remember when you used to go out <laughs> and do the school run and listen to Chris Evans in the morning? Yes, I remember those days. Oh, my, my son and I used to love listening to you of a morning it's, back in the day. It's funny, Ashley, isn't it? Because you said you were... You, you, Lockdown happened four days before you due to start season. Uh, sorry, yeah. filming uh, season four. So mm-hmm. we've never talked to anybody that had that, that was that close to something being put on hold. So, so what? I mean, what's? It was the Friday, Chris. Right. We were meant to start on the Monday, and right. I literally just the day before had my hair all chopped off, blonded up. Yep. So at least I had good hair for the first few weeks of lockdown. <laughs> I'm, I'm back, back to cutting my friends with the nail scissors. Right. and longer like most of the country okay so what so, so yeah so, so you, you're 12 weeks locked down now so you, that that shows 12 weeks on hold and counting any any idea of when you might start to be fil- start, start filming and if so how how could you film anyhow i suppose i don't know i mean i don't even know what the restrictions are i mean at the moment i just don't see how it can possibly happen yeah. imminently i mean when, when we locked down in march they said it would probably be september but i mean who knows it's very difficult to, to film a television series yeah. that's already established. Yeah. I mean, we do scenes in cars, we do scenes walking down streets in pubs with lots of uh, extras, so it would be very difficult to film it. So, All right, well, let's enjoy it while we still can. A brand-new season of Agatha Raisin Season 3, uh, hopefully not the last. <laughs> let's not say that, shall no, we? No, it won't be. It okay. won't be. We'll definitely be doing it again. All right, Ashley, lovely to talk to you. You too, Chris. Bye Thank bye. you for having me. Right, you're very Bye-bye. welcome. Bye bye. I get the raisin season three starts tomorrow at nine PM. Sky One, starring Ashley Jensen and pals. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Up next, we're speaking to the Duchess of Cornwall, sharing stories from this year's 500 words final, now in its tenth and final year. Come in, ma'am. Are you there? You're hearing there. us loud and clear. Yes, she is. She I'm is. right here, Chris. I've been listening <laughs> to your conversation. Now, um, there, there, you know, today we should have been at Buckingham Palace, uh, but obviously we can't. And thank you for sorting that out. And thank you for all the great venues. You know, you do have a bit of sway in the venue department. So thank you so well, much for that. We've had really good fun, haven't we, oh. in, the, in the various... We couldn't have had better venues. I mean, they have been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> now, had we been at Buckingham Palace today, where might we have been? What might it have been like? Can you sort of paint that picture for us, please? Well, well, I think it would have been, I think we would have been um, probably in the wall. I don't, I'm just trying to remember where we were in the picture gallery. I think we would have all been, um, it, it's, it's quite big. It would have been, I think it's got a wonderful atmosphere. I think it would have been very exciting for everybody being there, getting in and, you know, it's sort of you know, going into the venue and seeing all the pictures and, you know, 
finding a place which, you know, you've looked at and actually never been inside. I think it would have been very, very exciting for everybody. But um, we're hoping, fingers crossed, you never know, some of these restrictions stop. We may have a party there later. OK, so we're talking, we're, we're looking towards, you know, uh, uh, our best guess uh, of the best scenario would be somewhere in the spring, late summer, early spring, perhaps, even if the nights are getting a little darker, of some kind of celebration of, of the last 10 years, particularly uh, this year's finalists who didn't get to have uh, the big live final. Um, and that, um, that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're all currently working towards. Is that right? I think, wouldn't that be wonderful if we could do it? Yeah, that would be That amazing. would be a really proper celebration. It would indeed. Now, so the, fingers crossed, as they say. Everything crossed down here. Now, <laughs> the last time, we've done this before, virtually, as I said, talking to Zoe there, we had the the, ju- the judging panel we were all virtual we were all zooming um, was that your first zoom have you, had you zoomed it before wasn't. I've got rather professional zooming now <laughs> I've got very nervous the first time right it's something I never thought I'd do I'm so used to looking at people face to face it's an odd experience isn't it, it is. because you can't actually look somebody in the eye you know it is and uh, you were joined by a special guest you had a little um, assistance in, in your judging do you remember your little friend at the window I do remember my little friend, the, the squirrel. Yes. <laughs> just just share a little bit of, of your uh, judging assistant uh, with the rest of the world, yes. please. Yes, he is very helpful. OK, he's a special squirrel, isn't he? <laughs> a very special squirrel. But, I mean, the one I remember most, Chris, was... Um, do you remember Hampton Court when you brought your car? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> that was such fun, wasn't it? It's we all so, piled into it at the end of the show. It's all been fun. And then we had the Queen's Road Barge, Gloriana as well on the Thames. I mean, you know, if you start thinking about it, you know, it's been, it's been a real sort of sort of um, bottomless pot of gold, hasn't it? It's been so joyous. It's been so much to celebrate. It's been so wonderful. You've been amazing. Um, just... Well, I've loved every minute of it. Um, you know, I love reading. I love, you know, I love reading to uh, well to my grandchildren yeah. so you know it was um, it was it was something that I you know I couldn't have wished for something I'd enjoy more it was it was really good fun from the beginning to the end and of, of course um, you made it you made it all happen you were a star well, uh, look. The thing, the thing is, it's about it's about what what you know. It's about the life it took on of its own. You know, I'm li- literally very happy to plant the seed. But I'm, I would love you know whoever wants it and can do the best with it can have it and drop the name, drop everything, drop any, any association with me. Just get it. Just keep it going one way or another. Um, now, just before you go. Um, um, uh, you, the first time you spoke at 500 Words, you prepared your own 500 Words, which I'll never forget, which is beautiful. Um, can we just have a few words now, please, to encapsulate your feeling about it, about the importance of 500 Words, and, and kids just writing stories and reading stories and engaging now and reflecting on the world. And it's very important for us to know what future generations are thinking, because that will help us give, give some kind of insight to how the world might become for the better. Well, isn't it funny? Because all the stories are so different. But what I love about it is these children sit down, you know, they have their computers or their pens and their, you know, pencils, and they sit down and they really think. And it's it's what's happening in their mind, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot to do with what's going on around them. But I'm always staggered by their imaginations. I mean, they have these incredible imaginations. You know, some of the stories we heard, um, I don't know if you remember Mr. B.B. Wolf against um, Red Riding Hood. The court court drama. 
it was a it was oh it was so brilliant and then there was that really touching one called um, dancing in the street i think that was last year or the year before i mean that but they were so beautifully written i mean you know what what's what's i find wonderful is that you know all these children are out there they've got such talent and 500 words has you know they've it's given them the platform to to show their talents um you know they can go to their friends to look and say look that was me who wrote that story and then you know perhaps the friend will say well oh next year i'll have a go and it sort of snowballs and you know it just it does fire all these children's imaginations and i think you know over nearly over a million entries so you know there are a million children out there writing uh, i think that's wonderful in this day and age it's absolutely wonderful all right and, and when we can talk about our plans for um over the pond in the united states we will is that still a deal we will indeed chris yeah. <laughs> all right thank you so much thank you so much for being here the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky on virgin radio their songs never fail to get you moving and their story will not fail to get you reading. The brilliantly revealing memoir, Wham! George and Me, is out now in paperback. So please welcome for some fun and sunshine. There's enough for everyone <laughs> with the brilliant Andrew Ridgely. Good morning, Andrew. Morning, Chris. Uh, so um, <laughs> we last talked to you um as uh, the hardback of this book was being launched, I loved it. It did very well. Uh, tell you. us about tell us about your whole experience of that, of writing the book, of promoting the book, and people responding to having read the book. Um, well, uh, fairly long time writing it. Um, pretty hard work, um, and these things were always a bit of you know, a compromise. You know, um, some things were were left out. Some things were recalled after the fact, um, but. Uh, I think the part I enjoyed most actually was was getting out and, and meeting a lot of the people who um, who were WAM fans, old and young. It was surprising to me actually how many youngsters uh, had either come to WAM um, on their own or, or you know through their uh, mums and dads or uh, siblings record collections. And there were some amazing stories. I met a woman who had flown from Kabul to Dublin to get her book signed on account of the fact that in 1984 her brother had smuggled uh, a wham cassette into the village uh, in Afghanistan um, when music was banned on the Taliban. Yeah. So um, that that I found extraordinary that she had uh, she had made that journey. Um, uh, you know, really on, on account of that fact. Uh, and a young lad came to me and gave me his dissertation which he'd um, called um, uh, Freedom. It was uh, Wham and China in the 80s, and he got a first at the LSE on, uh, uh, with, with uh, a dissertation about um, the, those, those subjects. It's so it was, it was amazing, yeah. And I, met, and I also met the lady who, um, whose IVF George had funded um, uh, anonymously. And uh, that was in Manchester, and that was a, a really touching moment. She brought her partner and her young son, who she named George, yeah. has named George. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, she told me that he was conceived on the Christmas that, uh, that George died, which was um, oh. really quite a, quite a moment. Very poignant. So, so it's been, yes, it was a, a really um, engaging and, um, and uh, good experience. Did it surprise you the the depth of connection people have had because of yours and George's band and your music? It did a bit, yeah, 
Um, I think um, I was I was surprised at the depth of meaning that that um, Wham has to a, a lot of those people and and how it um, formed their to 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 a degree it shaped. Um, or, or at least was was central to their growing up. Have we, is, is there any um, additional um, ch- copy in in the paperback? Have you done anything extra, or is it as it was? No, uh, no, it, it's, it's, it has a new cover, and uh, I think that's it. To be honest, um, uh, so I, I'm not a you know I, I'm not a publisher. I don't know how these things work. So, so it's it's um, I mean I've always bought paperbacks. Funny enough, I don't have hardly any hardbacks in the house yeah um so i imagine that um it, it's um it, it should do well there's lots of people buy paperbacks yeah i hope it does well anyway. okay well it would be a um, great did... it'd be a great beach read if we were allowed back on all beaches i mean of course we're now allowed back on, on uk beaches but i think we'll be okay i think people i think this will see its way to overhead lockers on certain planes to certain places <laughs> in the near future that's just my my sunny out my sunny disposition yes, fingers crossed what do you think so, so what are you what are you up to what are your plans for the summer have you put everything on hold um well some things have gone by the by unfortunately because of the, the current situation um but i do have um i do have a, a cycling trip organized for the end of july so uh, and some walking in september but um that's about as far as it goes at the moment. Okay, all right. And yeah. Andrew, what might you what might you do to do with Wham? You know, what are the Wham related stuff? Is is there is there anything else on the horizon that well, a little more prescient? I'm I'm hoping um, to to um, develop a um, I proposed a Wham documentary hmm. um, to the George Michael estate, um, and we're we're discussing that. Um, so. Uh, that that would be something that uh, I think would, um, would be a fantastic project for me personally to be involved with, and um, and my my partners uh, in that. Um, I just really need to persuade the the George Michael state that that there's a it's a, it would be good for um, for the legacy. And there was talk of a motion picture before. Um, how has any discussions like that have they taken? Have they evolved at all? I, I was approached by Sony Pictures. Um, unfortunately, um, there doesn't be, seem to be an appetite uh, for that um, from the George Michael estate. So um, that's not something that I envisage happening uh, anytime soon. But never say never. No, no. Never yeah, um, I, I would hope that, that um, you know, the, the positive argument can be made and, and um, that... Uh, they will see that that it would give a great many people a great deal of pleasure. I think it was one of the, it's a it's a it's a uh, good luck story. It's a it's a uh, feel good story. It's got a happy ending, um, and I think it would give uh, be a marvelous thing for people. Yeah, and also it give us all, all an excuse for a you know a wham dress up night out because we love a bit of that. Don't we? Yeah, and an after party. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> well, book me in for that um, just in case it happens. <laughs> Andrew, listen, lovely yeah. to talk to you again. Well done with the book first time round. I hope it does just as well, if not better, in paperback. Thanks, Chris. Much You're appreciated. Very, you. You're very the welcome. Best. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
It was the real-life spy story that shocked and shook us all. A Russian agent attacked in a British cathedral city. The Salisbury Poisonings is now a three-part drama starting this Sunday on BBC One. And let's welcome the star. We can never get enough of the awesome Anne-Marie Duff. Good morning, (laughs) Anne-Marie Duff. How are you? I'm good, everybody. Good morning to you all. I'm well. Good morning. So, uh, superstar actress, superstar of this, along with co-superstars, but also this morning, banana bread making queen, I'm hearing on the QT. Yeah, baby. I've just taken it out of the oven. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> all right. Is, is this your first of the week, your second of the week? Is it a daily thing or what? Well, look, I mean, if you were to count up the amount of banana bread that's been baked nationwide yeah. over the last three months... It is a big thing. Yeah. I, I, we're still enjoying it. That's the thing. And, you know, and have you judged it up a bit? Have you pimped it? Are you tasting it? Are you making it less binary, more binary? Is there any sort of uh, orange pith going in there? T- tell us about any twists in the tail as far as your recipe is concerned, Anne-Marie. Well, my recipe, I use oats. So I blitz them up and make oat flour and I put lots of nuts in it, like pecans and walnuts stuff like that, and it's delicious. Right, now, nobody minds a heavy banana bread as long as the slices are therefore thereafter thin. Um, You can have a thick uh, slice as long as you have a lighter banana bread. Which category might yours fall into? Well, do you know what? It kind of works because it goes quite gooey because of the oats, and you just put a little bit of butter on there, and it is just amazing. All right. Uh, Now, that would be the perfect snack while having some top-class entertainment via the telly box on Sunday night. I I watched your programme yesterday, and I was going to watch one, the first episode, the first of three, because you were on the show today, and that would be the respectful thing to do. But I watched all three, Amory. It is absolutely brilliant. It's come out so well, hasn't it? We're very proud of it. You know, we worked so hard to tell the story of those people's lives properly and kindly that I'm just so delighted with the way it's been received by people. It's just amazing. Did you come anywhere close to to getting it, um, you know, as a reader of newspapers and a watcher of telly and a listener of radio at the time to to what you realised what was just the beginnings of it when you started to work on the script? Not at all, because the press representation was generally, oh, the two funny Russians, and Dawn Sturgis wasn't this ideal person. And, you know, so it was amazing for me to find out so much, you know, because there really were a lot of blanks, weren't there? We had no idea how severe the situation was, truly. And everybody in it did exist or does exist? Yeah. Okay, Everyone so Everyone in it is a, is a real person and as you know at the end we really discover that don't we when you yeah, see I, the final images. Yeah, let's let's not give that spoiler away but I love it when that kind of thing happens at the end of stories that are to, you think may be fictional then you realize oh my goodness me it's all true it was all true. Yeah. So when yeah. you were you did you go to I mean there are shots of you in Salisbury how how long were you there for how did the locals react to the story being uh, brought back to the fore um, you know were they more glad to see the back of it was it something they welcomed or not well we filmed around Salisbury an awful lot instead of being on the spot because we wanted to be polite and not upset people yeah, get it. by reenacting things that might be upsetting mm-hmm. so we did a wee bit in Salisbury I went down there and had a mooch about before we started filming to get a sense of the place and also to hang out with Tracy who I play 
you know, so um, I did a bit of that. But so we filmed in and around. We did a tiny bit in Salisbury, but mostly around. And I didn't realise the severity of the lockdown, the 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 longevity yeah. of the clean up process. I had no idea about any of it. And you, I just knew from the first few minutes when you know Rafe Spall gets the call back at HQ. Yeah. His character gets the call. Who also exists, of course. He's he's we know about him, and uh, his his character, the policeman uh, involved, who who almost died. It you know he, yeah. he was, was almost a victim and almost miraculously recovered, didn't he? And uh, no, his, his life. Nick Bailey is is the man, and his life was completely altered. You know, it's been a long old road for him since recovering from the poison. You know, it really has. And what was the what was the most sort of uh, shocking thing um, that that you uh, uncovered or discovered? You know, I think the most shocking thing for me, and this will sound strange, is that there was only one fatality. When you consider how powerful the poison yeah. is, and it's like COVID, you know, it's this invisible menace. You know, when you consider how powerful it is and how easy the contagion could have happened, I think it's extraordinary that they managed to control it and only one person died. You know, yeah, it's the, amazing. The parallels, you know, I mean, they are obvious, but they're undeniable with what's going on now. Oh, it is. When I met the director, we laughed jokingly last summer. This is like one of those viral pandemic movies. We actually made that joke, you yeah. know, and here we are. And we, all the language and all of the iconography is so familiar to us now. And I think that kind of makes us feel it in a, in a more passionate, uh, compassionate way, you know. And, you know, what I thought was brilliantly astute and, and completely beautifully observed with those moments of realisation where the people, you know, in charge of the investigation and also the communication, you know, with regards to what was going to be told to the press and what would have to be told to Downing Street because the government got involved because there was an international yeah. crisis. Uh, and you could see these moments, these moments of realisation where they said, no, no, this is as bad. Actually, no, it's worse than we thought and we need to start telling people about it. Otherwise, we'll have a sort of mini Chernobyl on our hands. Yeah, and it's those people on the front line, all of those heroes that we now celebrate. It's those people. Yeah. Those are the people who take care of us and keep us safe. But it's terrifying for them at times, and I think it's good to remember that too, you know? Well, well done. I mean, you know, um, out of 10, or out of all the things you've been involved with, you know, from an importance point of view, what would you say? Oh, it's up there, you know. Whenever you tell a story that's really about people's... It, that gives people a chance to testify and tell their tale. It's always a ten out of ten. Right. Well, Andrew. Uh, so, I was going to say Andrew. Then Andrew Ridley's just yeah, been Andrew on. Ridley, <laughs> <Amory Duff. laughs> Andrew Ridley, Andrew Duff. Andrew Marie Duff and uh, Marie Ridley. What a great show you've given us. Uh, listen. Thanks so much. Have a lovely weekend. You too, pal. Thank you. Well done. It's on BBC One. It starts this Sunday at nine o'clock, and it's unbelievable. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Our next guest once said she didn't want to become an actor. Well, I think I speak for all of us when I say we're glad she did. Her latest smash hit is available on Sky Store from tomorrow. Star of brand new US comedy, The King of Staten Island. It's the acting queen of this little island, the brilliant Belle Powley. Good morning, Belle. Hello. Hello, how are you today? You are right? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Well, I'm very well. I'm very well. I watched half your film last night because I have to get up at silly <laughs> clock. So I watched half your film and the half I watched, I absolutely loved. I, I, <laughs> I can only hope the other half is just as good. I presume it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm a 
hope so. Um, but thank you for even watching half of it. Thank you. No, you're very welcome. What happened actually was I had to pause it uh, to put the kids in bed. And then when you re-engage it, it's got such a brilliantly encoded system. You have to get a new code from America, which I couldn't sort out. <laughs> so that was why. <laughs> right, very, Belle. very high tech. All right. So, Belle, uh, give us the scenario of what goes on, where and with whom. OK, so the movie is called The King of Staten Island. Yes. Um, it's directed by Judd Apatow. Uh-huh. It's starring Pete Davidson, myself, Marissa Tomei, a lot of amazing comedians. And it's kind of about this young kid growing up in Staten Island, trying to find his way. It's kind of like a coming of age story, quite Juno vibes. Very funny, obviously, because a lot of Judd's movies are kind of very hilarious. As we all know, he made Knocked Up. He made Superbad. I mean, it was just, for me an absolute dream to work with him because he's 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 the best of the best, isn't he? Yeah, he is it right now, isn't he? He's zeitgeisting as we speak. Totally, totally. And obviously, Pete, you know, he's on SNL, Saturday Night Live. I mean, it was pretty scary working with so many comedians because a lot of it is improvised comedy and I'm not a comedian so um, working with all these comedians who have like a backlog of jokes in their back pocket it's felt you know a little scary to go up against them but it was really fun because Pete's character the main character is somewhat reluctant it is is a reluctant coming of age film which is it makes it even more vibey and your character by the way you nail the accent how did you how come you nail the accent (laughs) Yeah, um, well, I watched a lot of um, of reality TV shows set in Staten Island. Right. And then we also filmed there. Pete's whole family are from there. Like, his mum has a really thick accent. So I kind of just spent a lot of time around them and just listened and copied. But it was definitely quite difficult, for sure. Especially, like, you know, London to Staten Island is quite a big jump, I think. And you say it's got a judo vibe about it. Of course it hasn't. It's got a Rushmore vibe about it and a Little Miss Sunshine and a Squid and the Whale and Napoleon Dynamite. Kind totally, of how do you do how do how does that happen because everyone wants to make that kind of movie but how does it come about how does it how does it end up being like as cool as it is well i think judd apatow the director just loves improvisation right. so he really allows his actors to like collaborate and mm. it i think when you improvise this much it make gives it that kind of natural feel for sure um and you have like time to really just like try every avenue of every different scene and really just see what works and what doesn't work and i think that gives it it, that kind of grounded organic cool feel for sure and how are you finding the releasing of a movie under lockdown how's that working for you (laughs) well it's a bit weird because we've obviously been doing like all of these press junkets and stuff but you have to do them on zoom so i'm just kind of sitting in my kitchen i've banished my boyfriend to upstairs Uh and i'm like sitting in my kitchen on zoom (laughs) for eight hours like speaking to all these interviewers all over the world so i mean i'm very thankful that we have the technology that we can you know still do the press and stuff but i'm not it has been difficult and obviously less fun because the fun part of press is like running around with your cast and you know doing the carpets and the parties and stuff like that which we haven't been able to do but i'm very glad it's you know even being released and i think that hopefully it will give people a bit of light and joy in this stressful time no absolutely you will i mean you know it's four stars out of five uh, from some rusty dusty old crusty uh, reviews who don't give anything for stars out of five now uh, which is amazing <laughs> but also because of the demographic um, it's about and 
and aimed at, and by the way, I'm not it, but I still thoroughly enjoyed the half I've seen. I'll watch it the half tonight. Um, it, they're, it's very sort of, you know, laptop, um, tablet friendly, isn't it? Because that, that's who you brought. That's who you're you're selling to. So you're selling to a demographic who who eat this kind of communication up for breakfast, anyhow. Yeah, totally, totally. It's definitely aimed at like millennials and Gen yeah, Z. Yeah. But I will say that anyone can watch this movie. Of course, of course, of course, of course. You can watch it with your parents if you want to, oh, and just close your eyes at the naughty bits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, was it a lovely film to work on? Because there's there's a bit of a biography in there, isn't there, as well, of, around the main yeah, character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is loosely based on Pete Davidson's life. He did grow up in Staten Island. Um, in the movie, his um, father has died working as a firefighter, which yeah. actually did really happen to him. So uh-huh. I think that makes it all the more special when you're working on something with someone that actually, you know, is very important to them and, like, really resonates with them. You no, know, so after something to reflect on uh, to, to become emotive about, it's better if that's, you know, it's all, all more, that more effective if that comes from a place of, of reality and sincerity and authenticity, which it totally. does. Because, you know, that gives it a real sort of foundation. You And you can, you can laugh at things that were sad in the past you can get you know paint a smile on what was once you know a, a flood of tears that that is allowed isn't it and it all it's all the better for it if you start with something that's real totally totally agree with you there all right Belle. well lovely to talk to you i'm looking forward to the second half <laughs> have you oh, yeah, have your, before you go a have your mum and dad seen it b did you watch it with him c did you close your eyes at the bits that you may have been <laughs> uncomfortable with d um did it come close to you watching them um in various episodes of emmerdale when you're a little girl because they were acting too <laughs> Oh my god, I did watch my dad in Emmerdale when I was younger and um I remember in Emmerdale like he had like a I think he died in it or something yeah. and I was so young when I watched it. I was so scared cuz I thought it was real. It was really sad. You thought it was then a family video. You didn't you didn't realize yeah, he was an actor yeah. getting paid for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't understand. Right, but um yeah, they haven't watched it yet, but they'll be watching well, it on Friday with hopefully everyone else. All right. Well, if they want a special code from the States, I've got one for them. Um, <laughs> it's very complicated, though, especially for a DJ with only half a brain cell. Uh, Belle Powley, thank you so much. Belle Powley's the king of Staten Island, um, available to rent on Sky Store from tomorrow, Friday, because today is Thursday. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.